God is good, huh? Amen. We're going to take an offering. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't fret. That will happen here in just a few minutes, uh, in just a little bit. But I wanted to share a word, and I've been, I wrote this down. This is, you know, we've been talking a little bit about writing down what God's speaking to you and what he's sharing with you, and sometimes it's for today, and sometimes it's for another day. And, uh, and Pastor Pam was preaching. I, I remember, this was sometime maybe last, last fall, winterish, you know, early October, November, December, somewhere in there, maybe August, you know, I don't know, September. But I, I remember that, this, this moment, and I remember this time, and she was just sharing, and you know how that goes, she's sharing something, and I, I hear something else. And she was talking about blessing, and she was talking about harvest and, and some of those kind of things in her message at that particular time. But what, what God really began to speak to me, and I began to write it down, and it happened a couple times, and I had a couple pieces of paper that I was writing on at the moment and at that time. But, but what he began to speak to me was that I needed to be, or we needed to be as the body of Christ, participants in his harvest, or participants in our harvest. We understand that, that, that we're, we're, we're actually walking in blessing. We understand that we're, we're harvesting, that God has a harvest for us. Whether it be souls in the world as we go out and we harvest, like it says in John, where it says the fields are white unto harvest. And it doesn't say pray for the harvest. It actually says pray for who? The laborers. Pray for us. So, so that, that we can be out about the Father's business bringing in the harvest that he has. So we understand harvest. But even in that harvest, even in that particular time where he says, the fields are white for harvest, pray for the laborers. Somebody has to bring in the harvest. Somebody has to participate in the harvest. And in, in, in our lives, as, as I was writing these things down, they, they dealt with, with finances. The things that he was sharing with me were, were, to be a, were, were to be a participant. I'm to be a participant in the harvest that God has for me. That, I, that, that it's twofold, really, and we'll talk about both of them as we go and as we talk a little bit here tonight. But, but it's, a, it's a twofold responsibility to be a participant in your harvest. And we talk about a lot of different harvests, and I talk about giving in your life in a lot of different ways. But a lot of the things that we talk about tonight, and it's not the ordinary if you're from around here, we don't talk about necessarily just a financial message uh, you know, very often. But this, this deals a little bit more with the financial side of things in our lives. This idea that we're all about the harvest. We're all about financial blessing. We're all about financial abundance. When we start talking about that, you know, we start getting a little jazzed up. People start getting excited. If you want people to shout and you want people to scream and you want people to get along with what's going on, start talking about the fact that God has financial prosperity for his people. And people start getting jazzed up. When you hear pastors saying, and I believe this is the case for this church because I believe he's taking us from season to season and from, from, from level to level, and I believe that he's about to bless us at a whole nother level in this church with, with folks, with people, with growth, with buildings and lands and those kind of things, but financially in our lives too. We've talked about it. We talked about blessing a couple Sundays ago, the fact that God's just going to pour it out. I really truly believe that in this place. But here's, here's the side of that that we don't always talk about. To, to be a participant in that kind of receiving, to be a participant in that kind of abundance and harvest, I, I, I really truly have to be participating in the giving and sowing side. That in my life, I have to be a giver. And many times, really truly, we always say, you know, I'm a giver. I, you know, I spend my time in the nursery or I give of my talent. I do those kind of things. That's true. And that's all important. And we have to be that kind of believer in this world today. We came not to be served, but to serve. 
to give our lives into this world, to sow ourselves as a seed just as Jesus did. We are really truly the harvest of somebody else's sowing. So you're a harvest of somebody else's sowing of prayer. You're a harvest of somebody else's sowing as they've sowed the word into your life. You're a harvest of somebody else's sowing in the kingdom of God because Jesus gave, he sowed his life into the earth. He planted himself as a seed. It says, how how could a harvest come if a seed doesn't first fall to the ground and die? That he was the seed that first fell to the ground and died. That it says in, in 1 Corinthians, I think, you know, that we are bought at a price. That really, truly, we're not our own. We were bought at a price. That means somebody paid something for us. Now, Jesus gave his life, and we're part of that harvest. As God began to show these things to me, really, I, I, began to, I get excited because I, 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 I love the idea. And it has been this way in this church, I think, for years and years and years and years and years. We, 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 are, we are given folk. I mean, like I talked about in that blessing message, you know, a couple weeks ago on a Sunday. Well, there hadn't just been a day that hadn't come by, that, but we haven't said, you know what? Pastor Stanley needs a dump truck, and over about three months, we raised $15,000. And out, out, out of really the, the, the compassion in the hearts of the people who were in this church, sowed finances into that place. That's giving. You know, I mean, that is, that is pouring it out and that's saying, you know what, what I have isn't mine. I'm just a steward of what you have, God. As you tug on my heart, as you pull into my heart, I give. Now, here's the thing. That's being a participant in the harvest. Now, we believe it's a participant in the putting in the money in the bucket so that Pastor Stanley could buy a dump truck. That's right. But to be blessed in this world, it, financially in our lives, as the Bible speaks, it teaches it and shows us, we have to be givers. It doesn't say in here anywhere that I get a blessing that it just rains out on me just because. It doesn't say in here that that God's going to pour out a financial blessing in my life just because. It says as I get in line with his word, that happens. And so if he's going to take us to a greater level of financial prosperity in our life, if he's going to take us to a greater level of financial blessing and abundance in our life, what do you suppose on the other side of that he's going to require of us or he's going to begin to grow us where he's going to begin to challenge us in our lives is to be bigger givers. And I know it's all of a sudden, I got half of you like turned it off. Like, okay, we'll come back next week, see what he's talking about next week. But I, uh, I, I'm, this, is, this is important. It's, it's important for your house. It's important for you. Because I believe really truly that the, the enemy begins to lie to us in many situations and instances. He begins to tell us and we begin to hear the word and we begin to not necessarily get a revelation of the truth of the message of the word, but we hear the word and it sounds good to our ears and so we begin to repeat that word yet not act on that word. In Philippians in chapter four, and I'm all over the place on these notes, so if you can find it, great. If you can't, that's great too, sorry. You know, that's kind of the way I roll. But as you go through Philippians in chapter four, we know 419 says that he's going to meet all of my needs according to his, his, he says, Paul says, he, I know that my Lord will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And so we quote that, we, we talk about that, we, 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 we speak that in our life, we'll write that down on the mirror, we'll put that on our offering envelope, you know, as, as we're giving. And as you're giving, that scripture can relate to you in that particular place, because if you go back in Philippians and look, he is writing that scripture, not just about the fact that God wants to meet your needs and pour out financial abundance in your life because you're saved, it's, he was writing that and speaking to the people, the few, the few verses before that, who were supporting him and giving into his ministry giving to support and to make sure that he had the things that he had need of. And he even went as far as to say, look, I don't want your cash. I don't seek your money. I seek the fruit that abounds to you and to your account for your giving into the work of the Lord. 
It's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this idea that says, look, I'm not looking for your cash. I, I'm just glad that you're giving to the Lord because God's going to bless you for it. And, and that, that's where that particular scripture comes from. So in our life, I think what we have to understand and see is no matter what, he's not asking us for everything that we own to bring it in tomorrow and to write a big check and to grandma to sell her house and to, to live on cat food and not be able to have any money and be homeless so that she can give to some, somebody in the church. I mean, that, the church has got a bad rap there. Over the years, the church has got a bad rap because, because things have gotten a little kooky and, and not gotten sound. They haven't, they haven't remained sound as far as the word goes. Some of that is the person who's delivering the word, but some of that's the responsibility of the people who hear the word too. Many times that comes from, from, from a, a thought and, a, and an idea that says, I'm going to give to get, that I'm in trouble, and that if I give enough, God will, God will love, love me enough, that God will bless me enough, that he'll pour out enough. Instead of saying, God, I love you, I want to give whenever and wherever you say I'm supposed to give. I just want to be obedient to your word. Yes, plant more seed. Yes, give. But be led by the Spirit in doing that. Don't do that so that you receive more blessing. It's about loving God and about trusting him. And he began to speak to me, not just the idea that I need to be a participant in his harvest through giving, but that I also had to have a brand new concept in my noggin. That this was going to be this was going to be completely new, and I've talked a little bit over the last few months about revolutionary ideas and thoughts and those kind of things. And what he spoke to me that day was, it, "You're going to have to live with revolutionary giving, revolutionary giving, a completely new concept, a completely new idea, completely outside the box type thing, completely radical, innovative, outside." Now, this is this is what the word revolutionary means: outside or beyond established procedures. Now, not outside and beyond the established procedures of the word of God, but outside and beyond the established procedures that I have put on my finances. See, outside the thing that says, well, the tithe is 10%, so I'm going to give 10%. And if God asks for more than that, I'm going to say, well, you know what? I, I'm not sure. My, 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 my faith is at 10%, and that's where I'm going to stay. Well, if you, you're, you're saying that's where you're going to stay and we're not going to go farther, God, and this is about all I can do and I don't think I can give any more over there because this is what I do. We've talked and shared in, uh, in this church for years and years and years. Be led by the Spirit of God in your giving. Why? So it can be revolutionary. So it can be outside your own established procedures. So, so it can be a, a brand new thought and idea. And now when we talk about brand new thoughts and revolutionary blessing, see, let's go back here and remember, when we talk about revolutionary abundance, when we talk about the fact that, boy, we can have all of that financial blessing in our life. See, it could be revolutionary. That, how many of you know? They could, God, boy, they could pour out some stuff on me. See, open the windows of heaven, God, and pour out a blessing that I cannot contain. That's revolutionary. Yeah, we start, that, that feels a little better to us. And I'm not telling you that God's going to come to your house and ask you, like I said, to sell all your stuff and give it away and come in and write a big check or give it to some ministry or do something like that. What he's asking us for is the open-mindedness, the open faith to say, God, I will do whatever it is you have me to do. And I have found, as, as I have, I have, I, every time this happens, you've got to open up your mind a little. I found that every time God takes me to a new place, whether it be financially, whether it, whether it be just spiritually in the word, whether it be in promises, or wh whatever it is, he, he always is asking me to open it up a little bit. If you're not having to open up a little bit, I really have to question, am I learning? See, if I'm just hearing the same old stuff that I know all the time, am I really learning? I'm reinforcing, but am I learning? 
And if we're saying God's going to take us to a new level and we talked about coming into a new season, then I think we're going to have to open up ourselves to, to a new opportunity in every area of our life. And tonight, really, we're just sharing a little bit just about giving. That idea that it really, truly, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to take some real serious change of heart and mind and action on, on the behalf of, of those. But I've seen it in other people's lives. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen it in somebody else and thought, man, I wish I could do that? Have you ever seen God doing something in somebody's life and blessing them or showing them something or teaching them something and they don't seem to have their heart attached to anything and they're just letting it all go, whatever it is. They don't care about telling Man, they're just, they're just beating, down the, beating down the walls out in the, out, in the, out in the world, bringing people to Jesus, and they just, you're just kind of like, man, I wish I could be like that. You know, when you're seeing them and they're, just, they're giving here and they're giving there and, you know, an orphan comes up and somebody raises their hand and says, I'll take the orphan, I'll take the orphan. You know, I mean, I'm like, oh, man, I was like, man, I don't know if I could do that. I just... Now, being led by the Spirit's important. But, it, but I, how many of you, I mean, you're like, man, I wanna, I'd like to live like that. Well, then live like that. It's quiet. See, you can, you can, you can, live, like, you can live like that. We can, we, can, we can do that. We can purpose in our heart. Now, I'm not saying that we're all going to go out and we're all going to get a new, a new orphan off the table. Or we're all going to say, you know, I'm going I'm to do all the, I'm just going to, you know what I want to do? I want to be open, God, to give like you want me to give in this new season that you have for me to live in. I, I, I want to I be open to give like you would have me to give because I know I'm moving into a new season and a new season of blessing and abundance and prosperity in my life. And so I want to be a participant in all that you have for me. I don't want this. Do you want the same blessings that you've had? They've been good. See, the same blessings have been good. The, sa- the same abundance has been good in our life, that prosperity that we continue to live in. Most of the time in, in our seasons, we go kind of like in a little plateau. We, we, we fight our way to the top by faith, and then we get to a plateau, and we kind of hang there for a while. And then God gives us an opportunity to go up to the next plateau. And as we begin to fight ourselves through that faith, like we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks around here, coming up to that next place and up to that next level of faith and stepping into what God has for us. See, it's a growth pattern, and he asks us to change a little bit. He asks us to change what we do. We want him to change what he does, but we want to say, I want to do the same thing, but I want your blessing to be different. I want to, I want to be the same person, but I want, I want to open up to your new See, I want to open up to your new wisdom, your new knowledge. I want to open to a new revelation of the word of God, but I don't want to do anything different where I am. That doesn't ever work that way. See, as we go, we have to begin to change those ideas. And this, this is freeing. This isn't like, oh, my goodness, I'm not doing things well. This isn't, oh, I have to really correct my ways. This isn't, oh, I don't have enough. I'll never be able to be this person. This is freeing, and this is revolutionary. It is a brand new, brand new thought and concept and idea that says, I can be free from all of the stuff that holds me back, that I can be free from who I am yesterday who I am today, to be who God wants me to be tomorrow. And I'm telling you, I'm kind of preaching half to the choir here because this is, we are a giving church. But God just began to share this to me. And really, I, today as I was going through some of my stuff and putting away things and I was organizing all my papers and all my stuff, those two papers fell out on the table in front of me. And I tried to brush them away and tried to push them away like I have for a long time. Maybe God's just speaking to me. So if that's the case, you guys just nod and smile at me, and then we're all over. I'll, I'll get what I'm supposed to get, and we'll go on our way. But, but really, truly, I mean, God continues to, to tell. And, and really, as I go back, and you know, we do this. I do this all the time. I look at the messages and the things that God's speaking. 
For years, you can look and see, but just look in the, in the short period in the time. The people who have been here from, you know, Caleb and all those things that we did a, a couple weeks ago, from the things Pastor Pam shares or Pastor Bill or me or whatever that might be, that to do this and, and, and to be a participant this way that says, you know what, I'm going to participate in my harvest by giving. See, I'm going to participate in my reaping. I'm going to participate in my fruit. I'm going to participate in the abundance that God has for me by, pl- by planting seed and sowing. That takes courage. Because that takes stepping out of, of the way we see things, stepping out of who we are. But if we're not, then we're just spectators. And we're just people who are saying the good word, yet not doing it. And in James, it says that you can't just be speakers you can't just be hearers of the word you have to be doers also otherwise you do what you deceive yourself and i think the devil uses this we feel like maybe just out of just a we're we're just not really truly in touch with the revelation of the truth of the word that says i know that i am blessed that god will meet all of my needs according to his riches in christ jesus i continue to say that and say that and say that but what i don't pay attention to or realize is that first part that says i need to be doing what the word says in giving and planting into the kingdom of god with my finances if i'm doing that then i know this other part is true that there's a condition and there's a promise that God promises these things, but he's a God of promise and condition in our lives. And so what you're getting this probably, um, Brenda, because you're taking overcoming faith, right? So some of this promise and condition is in there. You'll, you'll hear all of this uh, as you go through that particular class in VBI. But it's, the, it's this idea that says faith without works is dead. It says that you, you can't just be a hearer of the word. You have, you have to be a doer of the word or you deceive yourself. And I think the enemy just licks his chops and he says, yeah, that's all right. See, the, the kids today, they think it's okay to say one thing but not live it. See, they can, they can, they can, they can pretend one way, but Facebook has told them all out. <laughs> I mean, you look on Facebook and you're like, that ain't, you, you know, I see you in church and that ain't you. So really what it's done, I think, I mean, it, is, it can be bad. Facebook can be horrible. But what it really truly does is when we, when we were youth pastors, Elizabeth would call these girls on the carpet all the time. She would get right on there and send them a little message that says, that's just awesome, just saw that. Oh, BB, they would say. Oh, BB, that was, that, was uh, that was just this, or that was just that, or I, I, that's not really who I am, that's not, but that's what you're doing. See, that's what's happening. You can't forge the picture. You don't forge the picture worse. You don't get into Photoshop and make it look worse than it is. You get in Photoshop and try to make it better than it is. <laughs> you're telling on yourself but the enemy says you know what we can just say the word and it's going to be all right we don't have to live the word i can say that i'm blessed because the word says i'm blessed that's true and we said in that particular sunday morning that we have been put in a position of great blessing in our life because we're saved but that to receive that blessing and to have it manifest in our lives we have to behave not just be saved See, can you behave, or do you just need to be saved? See, Isaiah, I just, that gets pretty good. Type that up for me, will you? Because I'm going to send that to me. I, I want to tweet that. I wanna, I was, we'll do something with that. But here's the deal. Isaiah 119 says the willing and the obedient need to go to the land. See, the willing and the obedient. And it's this idea that says, man, I, I, I want to be a participant in what God's doing for me, and so I'm going to speak the word. The devil says, go ahead. But then when you begin to reach in your pocket and you begin to put seed into the offering, you begin to put finances into the kingdom, you begin to reach in there and say, okay, God, man, I'm going all the way. The devil says, you'll never make it if you do that. See, he lies to us and he says, you need what you have. 
Don't give it away because you need what you have. He always says, that don't, don't, you don't need to give. That wouldn't make a difference anyway. Well, you're not making a difference in the kingdom of God. He's the one that brings the finances into the house. You're making a difference for you. When that bucket comes by, what we have to understand and see, and this is good because this is just coming. I didn't write this down. When that bucket comes by, what we have to get a revelation of, we, we are not helping the pastor do something. We are helping ourselves to the blessings of God. See, we are not, we are not, we're not, we're not participating with the pastor in meeting the need of whatever that particular thing is. We are participating at that moment. This is, that's a contract between you and God, not you and me. See, that's not, a, that's not a you in the church. That's not you and the pastor. Yes, the tithe comes into the house. It says so in the word so that the house can continue to do the things it does. But when you take that money and finances and you put it in that bucket, that, that is a covenant between you and God, not a covenant between you and the church. See, that is you saying, I trust. See, you don't trust me when you do that. Now, I hope you do trust us. We have a financial committee, and we're all good with that. And we, you know, we, do right, we do the right things. We're not all doing crazy stuff. But, I mean, you've you got you to trust me in that. But you can't trust me for your blessing. I sure don't trust you for the blessing. I trust God for the blessing. See, who do, who do we trust? I think sometimes we, 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 we see, we, we just, we, we like, I don't know, man, I don't know. Well, do we trust God or do we not trust God? Because he's the one really truly, as, we, as that bucket comes by, as he says give, whether it's here or someplace else, or you're giving to somebody's ministry, Joyce Meyer, Heather, as, as he says plant that seed of your finances in that place, that, that's between you and him. And he's asking you to do that. And you could be willing all day long, but then when you become obedient, when you behave, boy, I'm telling you what, you now the blessing comes down. So you're in the position to be blessed because you're saved. But then you, be, you begin to behave, and then that blessing begins to come. And he begins to pour those. Now, all of a sudden, you want more blessing in your life? Then be more obedient. You want more abundance in your life? Then be more obedient. Because we're all willing for it. We all want it. We all, I don't think there's any of us that say, you know what? I want a little less blessing. I got too much going on. There's just too much blessing here. What we needed is that revelation, that truth of the word, and then that living it out. And that revelation, that's a full-scale full deal. That doesn't mean I understand it. That means I'm living it. I, I know what the word says. I understand that it's true. I understand that it's for me, and I am living it in my life. And that's full revelation. The Bible says there's reward. That's not a trick. Uh, that's not just something that somebody tells you. That, I mean, that's not just something that, that somebody, you know, you're like, yeah, my grandma used to say that, but I don't know. No, the Bible says so. In Hebrews eleven six, it says that God is a rewarder of those. See, he says he's a rewarder. So if he's a rewarder, there must be a reward. He doesn't reward you with dog doo-doo. That's not a reward. That's a punishment. See, he rewards you with good gifts. It says the father wants to give good gifts to his children. Right, Just as we would give good gifts to ours, he wants to give good gifts to us. He is a rewarder, so if he's a rewarder, then there must be a reward. And if he's a rewarder, he's a rewarder of who? Those who diligently seek him, not just those who are saved. See, you can be saved and not diligently seeking him. See, we, 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 can be, we could be going to heaven and we could know Jesus in our heart, but we're not diligently seeking after the things that he has for us to do. Diligently seeking after him says, I, I'm applying my life to your word and your word to my life. And I'm coming after what you have. And this may be a new idea, and this may be a new word, and this may be a new thing. But God, I'm going to put it to practice in my life. I'm going to, you're, going to to, you're going to have to lead me through this. Step at a time, step at a time, day at a time. Get me through this. I'm open to what you have. If this is you, you're going to continue to, to tell me that it's the truth. 
You're going to continue to confirm your word in my life. I'm going to continue to see your hand move on my behalf. I'm going to be amazed at your goodness, at your faithfulness, as I follow after you. Because it says there is, there is a reward. Hebrews 10.36 says, After you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. See, after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Boy, I wish it was the other way around. How many of you have made deals? God, I'll do it if you just pour it out. <laughs> I mean, if you give me the promise first, I swear, man, I swear I'll do it. That's that thing that, well, anyway, never mind. We probably should, never mind. My mother's here. I can't say that. But, you know, there's, the, there's these times. <laughs> there are those times, you know, where you tell God, I tell you, God, if you just come through for me, I, I serious, I won't, I won't ever do that again. Until he comes through for it, and you're like, well... When all that wears off, and you end up back in there. See, we love the promises before, but it says that you will, after you have done the will of God, you receive the promise. What's the will of God for your life? See, what's the will of God? Have you, have you done that? Not all of it. I mean, we, you know, we've got a whole life to live here. You know, we've got a lot of years to go. And that will is progressive as we continue to grow in him. But what he's asked you to do yesterday, last week, last month, have you done that? In all the areas of your life, yes, but as we talk today about finances a little bit, if you'll allow me, I mean, have you done that financially in your life? Yeah, perfect, awesome, keep going. And now, again, this isn't about having a lot, this isn't about having a little, this is about doing what God wants you to do. Right. See, this, is, this, isn't about bring, this isn't about bringing the biggest gift into the church, this is just about bringing the gift into the church that God said. And it says in his word that he'll never bring us to a place and ask us to do something that we cannot do. It's his grace that allows us to do the things that he asks us to do. I'm telling you, he's going to ask you to do some things that in your eyes, you don't think you can. But his word says that you can. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. His grace makes the way. Give shaken, but give. Oh, God. And we're not training the ushers to take it out of your hands or nothing. But I'm just telling you, there was that day, right? There was that time as we sat in that that office. And we prayed with that guy who said, I got my thing for the offering. I know I'm supposed to give it, but you might have to take it out of my hand. (laughs) I mean, would you please pray for me because I got to bring in the rest of it next week. I don't know what to do. See, that's revolutionary giving. That's revolutionary giving. That's like outside of your own ideal. That's outside of what you set up as the way you're going to give. That's saying, boy, God said it. I got no idea how this is going to happen and how it's going to work. But God, I want, I want revolutionary blessing in my life, and I want to be obedient to your word. So I'll do it. See, that's this, that's this out-of-the-box type giving and planting seed. That's revolutionary giving that says, I, I, I want that. But you have to participate. See, to have that blessing, we have to participate in that giving. And it happens all across God's word. This isn't just a financial message. It goes all across his word. If you, if you want the revelation of the truth of the word, you have to live the word. After you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. That wasn't a financial thing. That was the truth. Jesus came, it says, he was the end all. He was the yes and amen to all the promises of God in this world. That has set us in position to have them. But to have them, we have to not just be saved, but behave. Now, here's the thing. Seed Diamond Harvest isn't a new idea. Oral Roberts didn't think it up, although he, was, he talked about it a lot. 
started Genesis in chapter 8. When they came off that, when they came off that ark, God told Noah from this time on there's going to be seed time and harvest. Not just harvest, not just harvest, not just harvest, but there has to be seed time. I think sometimes people get on with the things of God, whether it's VBI and they get into the word of God and they begin to dig into that thing and their life begins to change. I'm telling you, the word changes you. You dig into it, you apply it to your life, it'll begin to change you. We've had a lot of people get hooked up in VBI and just really over a period of a year, over a period of 16 months or eight months or however long it took them to get through that. Man, we have just watched God do some fantastic things. We're high-fiving them in the hall every day. They got saved, and then all of a sudden they said, you know what, I'm just going to go after what God has, and I'm going to take his word into my life. And they begin to do that, and man, their life just begins to like, wow. And hopefully they continue in that. Hopefully they continue in that direction. But I'm telling you, when that class time ends, VBI on DVD right now is a little more difficult, I think, in your life to be blessed than it was when it was VBI in the classroom. Now, the opportunity is still there to be very blessed, and you can do it on your own time. But the other side of it is, says, man, I'm going to get in my car, I'm going to drive to church. I'm going to get out of my car, and I'm going to go in that classroom. I'm going to sit down with two or three other people, 10 other people, 12 other people. I'm going to sit at this desk, and I'm going to listen to what that teacher says. So when I'm in that situation, I've got other people that are holding me responsible and accountable. So I am writing down and taking those notes. See, there's something about that that, that makes you go after a little bit more. Now, I, and you, you, did it on, you did it mostly on DVD, I think didn't you? And went through it a couple times. And so it is, I mean, it is possible. And Brenda's going through it on DVD. There's others too that are going through that. It's a great opportunity, I'm telling you. But you, you really got to really tell yourself you're going to do that. Got to be determined. Mike didn't have cable or internet. Otherwise, he wouldn't have probably gone through DVD. He wouldn't have gone through VBI. He would have he been VBI, VBI. Nope, love law and order. You know, I mean, I'm going somewhere else. I mean, it is, you know, oh, hey, I don't know. It must be God. The channel just changed. I don't know what happened. So we'll just watch this and we'll get back to that. See, they're, they're, but, but it's that thing that said, man, I, I'm putting it in, I'm putting it in, I'm putting it in. And then when you watch, after they come out of that place, see, that, that becomes like a really volatile place because then they have an opportunity. They have to decide, am I going to continue after what God has for me? The revelation of the word of God, the truth is I've lived it in my life and it's changed me to this point. Am I going to continue on in it and grow more or am I going to just be sated and satisfied and say, I'm doing all right for now? And the ones who have said, I want to continue on, and I'm just going to continue to take in what God has for me, and I'm going to press through, and the goodness of God that got me to this point is going to get me to the next point. And it may not be VBI, it may be something else, but I'm going to continue to study God's word, bring it into my life, get a revelation of it, act in it, live in it. The new things God's teaching me, the new stuff he's showing me, those people who have thrived and continue to thrive, the people who are like, yeah, you know what, I'm pretty good now. They've disappeared. Why? Because, because God's will for your life, God's blessing for your life, God, God's, God's revelation of his word is progressive in your life. And if you stop that progression, you will fall out to the wayside. Not God. He's still progressing. He's still waiting. Like, come on, 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 come on. Come on, I'm right here, right here. I want you to come with me. I want you to come with me. When we don't progress anymore. And then we start getting mad at God. We start getting upset with God because our finances are a mess now. But see, we stopped giving. But yeah, my finances were a mess, so I couldn't give anymore. What got you to that point? Well, giving. Then why do we take control of it halfway through? You know, why do we almost get over the hump and then we say, thanks, God, I got it from here. Or something happens and I think, you know what? God came through for me there. He came through for me here. He came through for me here. But now this is too big for God, so I'm going to have to take my seed, 
See, it's your seed. You sow it or just throw it. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to take your seed and sow it into the kingdom and say, God, I don't care if this whole thing goes in the toilet. I'm going to give the way you told me to give, period. That's what got me to where I am today. That's what's going to get me to where I'm going tomorrow. And again, I'm not talking about gigantic amounts. Don't go sell your boat and give it to, you know, unless God tells you. Make sure Daniel gets this CD. <laughs> but don't, you know, my son has a boat. But, uh, you know, I mean, don't, don't, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying bring me all your stuff. And, you know, I mean, I'm just saying just be, be obedient to what God's saying. Because we're all about a new level. We talked about right and vision. We talked about new stuff. We talked about new revelation. See, we talked about all that stuff for where we're going and what we're doing. Now, this is just like part D of the whole process. Now we've got to talk about it financially. Now we've got to say, are we open? And most of you, I mean, there are people in here that's like, I'm there, man. I'm doing it. God's already asked me. He's taking me up another level. Praise God. Keep rolling, man. Don't stop. Be writing down your testimonies. Be writing down your blessings on your offering envelopes because we want to jump up and down with you and high-five you and rejoice. Galatians chapter 6 says, Whatever a man sows, this he will reap. In the Message Bible, it says, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. The harvest begins with giving. How can you have, how can you have a harvest without seed? I don't see very many farmers just driving along out in the parking lot. I hear running their combine up and down our parking lot. It's not magic. You know, they don't have that little thing beside them, and I don't sit out here and watch them pour this thing full of... St- I mean, if they did, I mean, I, that would be amazing, but that, that doesn't happen. Why? Well, first of all, it's a parking lot. It's not good ground, but just work with me. Nobody planted seed there. See, nobody planted seed. Across, my, across from my house, there's a nice little patch of, patch of land. It's like eight acres or something, and it, it's right there. Nobody, nobody harvested corn there this year. Why? Because nobody planted corn there. Nobody showed up with, with, their, with their combine. Nobody showed up there to, to bring it in. I, I didn't see the guy driving up and down, then getting out of his truck, you know, and scratching his head saying, I don't know where the corn is. See, the farmer goes to the field where he sowed the seed. The farmer goes to the field where he sowed the seed, and he reaps a harvest there. But see, what did he do to reap the harvest? He's a participant in that harvest because he did what first? He sowed a seed. Now, was the seed the size of the harvest? Hope not. The seed was minuscule compared to the harvest. The seed was in sacks, and the harvest went out in trucks. Why? Because the seed multiplies itself. The harvest gets multiplied. You didn't go to somebody else's? How how dare you get in your truck and go to somebody else's farm and try to reap out of some other guy? See how that's going to go for you. I mean, you're going to go over to, you know, you're going to go over to, to, you know, your brother-in-law's field, Bill, you know, Jerry's field, and, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get my combo. I'm going to reap a little Jerry's corn just because. It's over there. There's a harvest over there. I'm going to get me some of that. Well, I didn't sow in that field, and I better be ducking because there's going to be some buckshot coming my way or some police coming my way. It's going to get ugly. Why? Because I didn't sow in that field. Believers are trying to reap all day long. Now, I believe God's going to pull a bless, blessing into your life, but I do believe we've got to be a part of that, and we've got to be sowing seed. You know, it says some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. God's the one who brings the blessing. God's the one who brings the increase, not us. 
But I'll tell you what, we better be on that other side being a participant in the giving. I think many times, you know, we, we, we think that, that we don't have enough. You know, and, and I think back in July, when it was August, July 31st, we said that 12 baskets full with the little boy and his lunch. The little boy wouldn't have had 12 baskets full at the end of that day after the 5,000 were fed had he not given his lunch. Had he not brought his... See, we think, well, this isn't going to do anything. This can't make it. See, the devil tells us that all the time. You look at the thing that's on the screen, and it says, we're trying to raise $100,000 for the Sudan. And you think, I got 25 bucks that God's asking me to give. That's not going to make a hill of beans difference there. You're not making a difference there. God is. He wants to make a difference in your life, so give him what you got. Give him what he asks. If you'll be obedient, not just willing, but obedient. See, I think many times we think, well, it's $50 to sponsor an orphan, but I really feel like God tells me to give to the orphans. Well, we do that on the third Sunday of the month. If you have an orphan thing and you got $10 to give to the orphans, you give $10 to the orphans on that third Sunday of the month. That's our month to do that. For that purpose, it says, I, I don't want to shut out God doing something in anybody's life. Pastor Pam said, we need to have another, we need to have, this was last year, the year before, she said, we need to have an offering for that because there are going to be people who God's telling to give who don't have $50. And we don't want to stifle that opportunity. We want to give people an opportunity not to give toward the orphans for us, not so that we have money to give to the orphans, but so that God can bless them in their life as he's leading them and guiding them and growing them in their faith. I mean, how many times do you start off with 10 bucks toward an orphan, and two years later as you've done that, God brings you up to $50, and now you have your own orphan. It may not have happened overnight, but he built your faith in the way. See, it's, it's, a, it's a continual moving and a continual growing. The Elijah and the widow, you know, in 1 Kings in chapter 17. You know, in that particular time, her obedience was sustaining power for her and her household. She thought, this little bit of flour that I got, this little bit of oil, I've just got enough cake for me and my kid, and then we're going to go die. That I, we can't possibly make it, so why would I do anything else? But the prophet said, you bring to me, and I am telling you right now, it will not run out. I'm saying, if you bring it in, the prophet said, if you go make me a cake, God will sustain you in your house. And she did. She was obedient and said she had, she had what she needed all through that time that she didn't go without during that time of famine, that she continued to have the cake. Now here's the second part I think that we have to continue to do. Really first, we, we have, to be a participant in what God's doing in our life, financially, in this harvest that he has for us, we have to sow, we have to give. But then I, hang, I think the other side of that, and we talk about it all the time, we continue to say it, you gotta speak these things. You gotta speak to that seed. Speak to that harvest. You begin to, you begin to come into agreement with God's word. See, when, when you are, are not just willing but obedient, then what you're doing is putting the demand on God's goodness and his abundance to be poured out in your life. Because God doesn't need to be reminded. God doesn't need to be reminded of what he said for him. It's not like, oh, I forgot. I was going to bless you, Mike. Sorry, I'll do that. He wants to know if Mike knows what he told him. He wants to know if Mike's doing what he told him to do. And then his word says he's a God of promise and condition. And if you do or once you have done and accomplished and fulfilled the will of God for your life, then you receive the promise. And you, you come into agreement with God like that prayer of petition like we've been talking about over this year. That book by Jerry Seville. That prayer of petition that says, God, I can now say, like it does in Malachi in chapter 3. It says, I, 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 I can say this. I can, I, can, I can talk. I can speak. I can believe rightly. See, I can, this can come out of my mouth in agreement with your word and what you have for me, that you are going to open the windows of heaven in my life and pour out a blessing that I cannot contain. 
See, what is the requirement for that? That you bring the tithe into the storehouse. And so when you do that, when that is, that is what you've done, then I can go before God and I can put that on a piece of paper and I can say, sir, I have done what you have asked me to do. I am fulfilling with my heart. I didn't give just one time. This, this is a habitual, and, and this is who I am as a, as, as a child of God. I am giving to you the way that you've called me to. I'm cheerfully giving to you. I'm not doing it grudgingly or out of necessity. I'm not doing it to get. I'm doing it because I love you, and I am, I am your child, and I am giving back to you of what you have given me. But it says in your words, sir, that if I will do that humbly in my life, I come before you today and say, you need to fulfill that side of the contract that says you will open up the windows of heaven impart a blessing that I cannot contain and I can come into agreement and then I can begin to speak that and I can do so boldly and I know that God was going to move on my behalf that there's not lack in my house there's not the 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 enemy's not devouring what I have because it also says in that particular scripture that he will rebuke in verse 11 the devourer for my sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of my ground so that when I'm saying God I thank you that you're opening the windows I thank you that the harvest is growing great in my field I am father I'm reaping I'm bringing as you begin to speak those things you can do so with confidence because his word says his word says he will do that because you have done your part he's put you in the position to have it now you not just be saved but behave and then as we behave in that place, then the, he, he, we, we can stand there and we can say, God, I'm speaking to my seed. Grow up, seed. Grow up, seed. Come on, seed. Keep growing. By faith, I keep speaking the word. I know that God's going to continue to pour out abundance in my life, that I'm going to have an abundance for every good work. Why? Because I didn't sow sparingly. I sowed with everything that I had. See, do you sow sparingly? Then you reap sparingly. Sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It goes on. It says, let everybody give the way that they have in their heart to give. Now, if we want big, gross blessings, we need to have big, gross givings. Somebody asked me one day, do you tithe on the gross or the net? I said, well, I tithe on the gross because I want gross blessings. I mean, whatever you say, whatever God tells you, whatever you hear in your heart, whatever you do, but I I, I think that's that's a bigger seed. It takes bigger faith. You have to grow that way. Maybe you start at 5%. You work your way to 7%. You get your way to the 10. You get your way from the net. You get your way to the gross. Whatever it is in your life. Now, again, let me tell you, that's not blessing this. That's not blessing me. And that's not blessing the church. That's blessing God. You're not people pleasing. You're not man pleasing. That's why it says, no, you don't need to give out. You don't need to give out in front of public and hold out your money. You don't need to tell everybody what you're giving and what you're doing. Why? Because you're giving to God. You're not giving to somebody else. See, what you're giving isn't meeting that guy's need. What you're doing is putting you in covenant with God so that he can bless you and that he can pour out a reward in your life. You're just being obedient to his word. That's all. But speak to the gift. Put a demand on that potential. Jesus always spoke. There's power in those words, and I think sometimes we forget that. When, when we talk about healing, we'll confess some things. Maybe but when we talk about our seed, do we really, do we really think that speaking over that seed is going to make a difference? See, do we really think that, that speaking, we, we know the needs that we have, we speak over the needs that we have, but do we speak over the seeds that we've planted? Because the seeds that we've planted are going to grow up a harvest to meet the needs that we have. Don't necessarily speak to the needs, how about we speak to the seeds? So we've said that for a long time, you've heard it too. What's in your hand may not meet, it, may not meet your need, but that might be your seed. Gruffalo dollar or somebody, I don't know. That idea that says, I, I, I do have needs, and I come before God, and I lay out my petitions with thanksgiving, like it says. I mean, I, that's true. It says so in Philippians chapter 4. We can do that. We can come before him. But it, but it says in our life, really, truly, he meets all of our needs through his riches in Christ Jesus. How do we get in line with that? By giving, by planting seed, 
And as we plant seed into the kingdom, as we plant seed into what God has us to plant seed into, then we put ourselves in that position for his abundance. We put ourselves in that position for his goodness. And then we begin to speak. Jesus, it said he came up and Lazarus had been dead and he was in that place and he was stinky and he was all closed up and he was all tied up, but he spoke, Lazarus come forth. And what happened? Life filled his body. Life. (coughs) See, it says he spoke to people who were blind, they could see. He spoke to people who were demon-possessed, and they were cast out, and they were in their right mind. Spoke to people who were sick, their arms and all those things. They all grew up. He said, it stayed behind, and he healed all who were sick and all who were oppressed. There was power in the things that you speak and in those things that you say. It's like spiritual fertilizer for your seed. Your words, that's what they are. Proverbs 18.21 says, there is death and life in the power of your tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Which means the things that you're saying, that's, that's the things that you're going to start seeing on your vine. And you can plant your seed and then you can curse your seed almost in the same day. As you plant your seed and then begin to speak contrary to that. Now I'm not telling you this is for you. I'm not telling you this. I'm just saying God has, God has talked to me, showed, showed me. As we, as we sow seed, as we give and as we, 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 we put up, God, we are believing your word. This is what we're believing. This is what we're standing for. God, I, 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 we need you to show up. I don't know how we're going to make it without you. This is what we're believing. This is maybe the scripture. This is the amount we're believing for. This is where we are. But, but I, I try to continually put those things down. Why? Because I'm saying, God, I'm here, man. I am doing what you asked me to do. I am putting myself out here. And this is where we are. We want to see your hand move on our behalf. I thank you that this seed goes into the ground. It's not enough to meet my needs, but I know that it can grow up a harvest in my life that can meet those needs. And all I'm doing is saying, I want to be in your place. I want to be in the right spot. You begin to declare what's yours. The blessings of God, the reward, the running over, the abundance, right? It says in Malachi chapter 3, it says, he'll pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. It says that that there is a reward. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says there's a running over in Luke 6, 38. It says that men will give to you, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over will they give unto you. You know, that abundance for every good work, where does that come? From my seed as I plant my seed. Not just being saved, but being have as God asks me and as he leads me and guides me. You say, well, I mean, I don't, it, I, it can't happen. I, I, yeah, your words can create. In Hebrews eleven three, it says that the worlds were framed by the words of God, that the things that he spoke created the things that you saw, that the things that you saw and that were created never existed before, but because of the words of God, because of the creative power and force of the Holy Spirit, they were made, they were created, they happened. It says in his word that if you ask according to his will, you know that he hears you and that you have those things that you ask for. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, that we have the same spirit of faith, that, that without measure spirit of faith that Jesus had in our lives, and therefore we believe and we speak. But I'm telling you, yet you have to be a participant. See, if you're going to speak these things about your seed, you've got to have seed. Because if you're going to speak these things about your harvest, your harvest comes from the seed. If you're going to speak these things about your fruit, your fruit comes from the seed. The seed grows up a tree, which the tree bears fruit. So I can say these things about my fruit if I'm planting the seed. 
And it's being this participant, this revolutionary new idea. Now, I haven't sparked you up, and I haven't led you this way so that you all give some big offering. I mean, that's not, that's not my idea. If you want to come and, and play, and the ushers are going to pass out the offering envelope. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.